Welcome to Heart Church. We believe that the gospel has the power to change your whole life or your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. My joy to come and talk to you today. Um, Inside Out is what we have been looking at. Lawrence did a fantastic job a couple of weeks ago. Um, Shout out to him. He's preaching um, for Martin's story in Coventry this morning. And uh, and then, of course, Wayne last week uh, came to speak to us about the soul. And I'm going to continue that. Then we've got another two weeks. Andy Copps is going to come and speak to us about the spirit. And I will finish up on the, the last week. So yeah, here we go to speak, speaking about the soul. Um, for as long as I can remember, I've been at war with myself. And you know, what began as, as my mother's voice eventually became my own voice in my own head. And it was that, that kind of stuff, you know, your average, you're stupid, stop, don't, you can't, you won't. And it was a voice that caused me to expect failure, filled me with fear. And essentially unleashed a force within me that always brought me down. John Mayer said it well, didn't he? Um, Gravity is working against me. Gravity wants to bring me down. There always seemed to be that internal gravity pulling me down. Obviously, finding Jesus um, made all the difference in my life. Jesus makes the difference. I don't know who you are watching, wherever you're watching today. Maybe you've just tuned in by accident and you haven't tuned out yet. But I want to say Jesus makes the difference. I'm not talking about religion now. I'm talking about knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. He changes people's lives for their whole life. He changed my life completely. And... Um, you know, there's, uh, there's also that line from that other song, and uh, I can only apologize for this um, if you've seen this film hundreds of times. But uh, Elsa from Frozen said, I'm defying, I'm defying gravity. And uh, if you've watched that, either with your children or your grandchildren, I've put that song in your mind, and you'll find yourself humming it later. I only apologize. There is... <laughs> However, in the the Bible, a disciple called Peter, who who was enabled to defy gravity and keep his head above water whenever he kept his eyes upon Jesus. And uh, he found that when he got distracted by the wind, the waves, and the storms of life, he began to sink. One of the ways we defy gravity, one of the ways we defy the forces that are seeking to pull us down is to keep our eyes on Jesus. And I've come to realize that my soul will either help me keep my head above the water or 
help me sink. It all depends on what I focus on. And I think the writers of Psalm 42 understood this when they, they said, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? In fact, it says, it says this, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my saviour, and my God. I don't know, have you ever felt like that? Have you ever, ever felt that your soul was downcast? Have you ever felt down and, and demotivated and you're not even sure why? The psalmists acknowledge that they have a soul, but they also seem to understand that they don't have to be ruled by it. Why? Why are you downcast, oh my soul? The soul is something that speaks to us. But clearly, we can also speak to it. And the, the, psalmist, the writers of that psalm gave their soul instructions. Put your hope in God. Put your hope in God. Sometimes we've got to give our own soul instructions. Turn your heart towards that which is hopeful to the one who gives hope. And of course, the, the writers of this psalm were not the only ones um, who uh, addressed their own soul in the Bible. Wayne mentioned it last week, particularly King David did it in 3 verse 1. The Bible says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all within me. saying to us, it's like soul you might not feel like praising God here today, but bless the Lord. Bless the Lord anyway. I speak to my soul. I say, bless the Lord. We may have been in lockdown all these weeks, but I say to my soul, bless the Lord. And, and it doesn't say bless the Lord any old how. It says with everything that's within me, don't, don't come with anything that's less than everything. Ging, come and bring your everything. David shows us that sometimes our soul needs to be challenged. And sometimes our soul needs to be soothed. I love the fact that the Gideon actually read this out. He didn't know that I was going to come and share it today. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Just a reminder, David's talking to himself. He's encouraging himself. Sometimes in life, you've just got to encourage yourself. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my Soul. There is an acknowledgement here that he is the one who brings restoration to my soul. There's a reminder here that from time to time, my soul is going to need restoring. Psalm 116 verse 7 says, return to your rest, my soul. 
for the Lord has been good to you. Have you ever got yourself worked up and anxious about stuff? Sometimes you just got to say to yourself, return to, to your rest, my soul. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. Remind yourself of the good things that God has done. I mean, we acknowledge we've got a soul, but it does seem that our soul can be quite forgetful from time to time. Sometimes, we, well, we know that God has been good, but we've got to remind ourselves that God has been good. And sometimes my soul needs to be reminded of a few things because I get so caught up in the moment. I get so caught up in what is going on right now. It can be easy to forget the goodness of God. And my soul, I can find my soul being pulled down by the gravity of circumstance. I think that, you know, like this is particularly um, poignant to me. Uh, Some of you might know that um, I had a, a cancer uh, diagnosis in the summer, just gone. And as much as that was a physical battle, it was a battle with my soul. It was a battle with my mind. It was a battle with my thoughts. I had to remind my soul of things that God had said to me because gravity was working against me and trying to pull me down. And, and, and I, had to, I had to fight gravity. I had to fight, fight that force that was seeking to pull me down. I had to address my soul. And I, I'm going to add about this, but I want to share something with you a little bit personal because I wrote this, I wrote this to myself. It's just a little uh, spoken word that I wrote to myself during this battle that was going on in my mind. And, and it, because it addresses particularly the, the whole issue of having to speak to yourself and remind yourself of some things. So just uh, listen to this. Here we go. Um, arrived, with, arrived with questions. Now I had my answer. Doctor said, Mr. Baxter, you have cancer. Mind was spinning like a dancer. My eyes saw her mouth moving, but my ears couldn't hear the words like the hooves of a thousand herds. My thoughts churned up the dust, clouding my mind, words hard to find, but I called them into line just in time. Any questions, Mr. Baxter? Not ones I could ask her, like why? I sighed when I could have cried and I said, no. What treatment route would you like to go? I don't know. How do you decide the route of a journey you don't want to take? What a decision to make. Give me a break. This unwelcome guest with a name I wouldn't mention has stolen my attention, forced its way in and sat down like a boss, promised me loss and doesn't give a toss. For a moment, I won't lie. I thought I was going to die. The devil had me on the ropes, lashing out at my hopes and the dreams I hadn't seen. The lies were obscene and threats unrescinded left me bloodied and winded. And then I remembered 
This is not about who I am, but whose I am. There's a fourth man in this fire who's stronger than the liar. He says the devil's not won, that this fight's not done. Check the board, see the score. This is a battle, not the war. Get off the floor. You're down, not out. Lose the doubt. Raise a shout. The devil played a foul, but you're not throwing in the towel. I know what he planned, but he ends with your hand raised and his name praised. Amen, amen. I wanna say, I don't know, maybe, there, maybe you're out there today and you've had a similar diagnosis, something that's there to rob you of your faith, rob you of your joy and maybe gravity is pulling you down. I wanna encourage you. I wanna encourage you today to, to speak hope into your soul. Speak hope over your body. Yes, the doctors may say one thing, but we keep speaking life into ourselves and life over ourselves in the name of Jesus. Amen. Sometimes though, our soul needs more than just a good talking to. Let me introduce you to Elijah for a moment. In, um, in 1 Kings 18, we're not actually going to read that. I'm just going to point you to some things there. In, in, in 1 Kings 18, Elijah's the man. He is the boss. He's man of God. He is killing it. Uh, in fact, quite literally at one point. But the point that I want to make is that he's, he's a man who repairs God's altar. Fire falls from heaven. A severe drought is brought to an end through Elijah's intercession. I mean, he is awesome. He's got, he's got millions of followers on Instagram. He is the man. And then, and then we go to, to um, the, next, the next chapter, chapter, chapter 19. And, and you can actually wonder whether you are speaking about the same guy. And I'm going to read just the first eight verses. And this is what the Bible says. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow, I do not make your life like one of them. Watch this, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. And all at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He, he ate and drank and then he lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. 
So he got up and ate and drank and strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. We'll leave it there. I want, us, I want us to take note of something for a moment. This great man of God, seeing moves of God, seeing massive things, he found himself in a place where he was filled with fear. And the Bible says he runs for his life. Why? Because Jezebel's voice became the voice in his own head. She threatened him and he allowed that voice, the gravity of that, to bring him down. We notice that he isolated himself and not because of COVID-19. He isolated himself because he left. He said, he said to the servant, you wait here. I'm going to do this on my own. He began to push people away. He was depressed. He said, I've had enough, Lord. He became suicidal. He prayed that he might die. And he lost perspective of all the things that God had done for him. He said, I'm no better than my ancestors. You know why it's all been for nothing? I wanna, I wanna say, I just feel as I say that, that there's, there's someone listening in who you feel like that. You feel like, I don't know what this is all about. It's all been for nothing. And I wanna speak right into your soul right now and say the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. You need to remind yourself of the good thing, holy good things God has done. Holy Spirit, remind them right now. God has done great things in your life. And it might be dark right now and you might be afraid and you might be a little overwhelmed, but do not let your present circumstances rob you of all the great things that God has done. It has not been for nothing. It has been for great things that God has planned for you. The thing about... Elijah, that surprises me is how quickly he got here. You can get here really quickly. And I want to say this can happen to anybody. This can happen to anybody. I don't care who you are. I don't care how anointed you think you are. I don't care how great you think you are, how sorted you think you are. This can happen to anybody. And, and he allowed himself as a man who, who, who was a man of God, he allowed himself to get depleted. I heard this phrase recently and, 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 and it's just really stuck with me. You know, um, you know when you're on a plane, do you remember the days when we used to catch planes? And, uh, and uh, they're giving the safety talk and one of the things they say over and over and over is that, that you know, if, uh, if, if the pressure drops and the oxygen mask, oxygen mask fall, put your own oxygen mask on first before trying to help others. Because otherwise you might die while you're trying to help others. And I think that that's just a good metaphor to help us understand that this was something, this was something that emotionally speaking, Elijah was not doing. He was doing great things for God. He was helping everybody else, but he didn't have his own mask, oxygen mask on. You need to put your own oxygen mask on first before trying to help others. Look after your soul in order to look after others. But what I love about this, what I love about this moment is God turns up to help him recover. 
I want you to know right now, you may be, you may have had this suicidal thoughts. You may be feeling depressed. You may be feeling anxious. You may be feel down, but I want you to know I'm believing that right now the presence of God is coming to minister to you where you are. God sent an angel. I don't know. Maybe even God can send you an angel today. He sent an angel. An angel, an angel is simply God's messenger. But what I love about this, what I love about this moment is that the angel turned up as God's messenger, but he doesn't preach, he doesn't prophesy, and he doesn't pray. In fact, he doesn't say anything. He bakes. Bread over hot coals. I just want to say that sometimes when we're helping people in the area of their soul, the best The best sermon you can ever preach is to prepare someone a meal. To just actually do something practically for them. It's it's that that ministers. I remember, uh, as I I was preparing this, I remember many years ago now, um, we, I took a small uh, uh, mission trip actually to, to Minsk in Belarus, it was winter, it was freezing. And uh, we actually were staying about 180 miles uh, from Chernobyl where there had been a, uh, probably the world's worst natural disaster, a man-made rather disaster of, a, of a, a nuclear power plant meltdown. And because of the prevailing winds, Minsk had been horrifically impacted by uh, radiation. And, um, and we'd, gone to, we'd gone to encourage the, the, the churches uh, there. And uh, there is another story I could tell as well, um, which uh, I haven't got time for, but it involves a mangy dog that was insane and an outside toilet. I say toilet, it was more a manhole in a shed, but that's another story for another day. You'll have to have me back to hear that one. But anyway, we were on this trip. One day, I don't know what happened. There'd been a breakdown in communication. To be honest, as a trip, that was kind of the way it was. And uh, we'd come back to our host home. And I think that we somehow we'd meant to have been fed. We'd actually been out the whole day. We hadn't eaten a thing. And uh, we were, uh, we, uh, I was with another chap in, in one flat. And uh, there were two girls in, in another flat. And honestly, it had just been one of those days. I felt rough. It had been freezing cold, minus 14 degrees. We hadn't eaten. It had been a rough day. And I was just looking forward to eating and going to bed. And we didn't get to eat. So we just went to bed. And I was, gravity was doing a fantastic job in that moment. Trust me, there wasn't much defying of gravity going on. I was going to a dark place. I was missing my family. It was just that I was thinking, what on earth am I doing here? And, um, and then there was a knock on the door. And uh, now I'm irritated. I've got to get out of bed because it's cold. And, but one of the girls um, from next door had uh, popped around and say, their host had prepared some food. Did we want to come and eat? Did we want to come and eat? Suddenly, and I can tell you now, I can tell you now, I quickly got dressed. We went round to that flat and this beautiful, 
woman. I mean, she was about 90, but to me, she was beautiful because she cooked us, uh, we had hot chocolate and donuts, freshly baked little donuts that she made like this. And there was a little uh, bowl on the table with uh, sugar and cinnamon in it. And you took these uh, warm, hot donuts and, 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 and dipped them in your sugar and took a sip of hot chocolate and, and took the donut. And honestly, if, if that, that meal has to be in heaven because I felt like I was transported to heaven. It was utterly amazing. Why? Because it wasn't just a meal that ministered to my stomach. It did do that, but it ministered to my soul. I don't know, just the thoughtfulness, just the kindness. And I, and, and I love that. I feel that there's some, something in that of, of Elijah's story. You know, he, he ate and he drank and then he went back to sleep. And it's just the, you know, I don't know. Some things that we would think are not very spiritual here are actually really spiritual. He ate, he drank, he went back to sleep. Let me tell you, sometimes we've just got to rest properly. We've got to eat some decent food. We've got to stay hydrated. And the greater the depletion, the longer the recovery. Sometimes we've got to take time out in that way to recover. And after, it was only after Elijah had slept again and was, and was about to eat and drink, did the angel say to him, it was the first time the angel had spoken, apart from get up and eat, that, that the journey is too much for you. And I love that because he gave acknowledgement and validation to what Elijah had been carrying, but only when he was ready to hear it. Only when he was ready to hear it. Can I say, sometimes we people who call ourselves Christians, we're way too quick with our words. Way too quick with our words. Listen, I believe in words. I believe in encouragement. I believe in the prophetic. But sometimes, People don't need words, they need a meal. They just need something practical that is gonna to minister to their soul. I don't know, I just love the fact that God didn't drop off the ingredients. He cooked for Elijah. All he had to do was eat what had been prepared. God knows that our soul needs care and restoration. He restored Elijah's soul. Now, obviously after that meal, as you can read now, Elijah had a supernatural recovery and went for 40 days and 40 nights after that meal. But I wanna say this, he only got his super once he'd had his natural. He only got the super once he'd had the natural. Here we see that our well-being is linked to our body, our soul and spirit being in good shape. What do those dials look like in your life? Your body, your soul and your spirit. What, what are the signs that you might be getting out of shape? Emotionally, Are you getting short-tempered? You know, that would be one of the signs that I'm getting out of shape emotionally. You start getting angry at inanimate objects like 
why is this stupid kettle taking so long to boil? You know, like, why wouldn't this stupid key go in the lock? It always goes in the lock. When you're starting to get angry with inanimate objects, that is a sign that your soul may not be in the kind of shape that it needs to be in. Are you pushing people away? Are you depressed? Are you anxious? Are you not sleeping properly? Sometimes we don't need to just rest. We need recreation to recreate. Vegging in front of Netflix might seem like a quick fix, but is it really what you need? What creates you? What recreates you rather? What, where do you find fun? Could these things be your oxygen mask that help restore your soul? Do these things, could these things help you defy gravity? It's far better to stop yourself falling into the hole than it is to keep scrambling your way out. As we come towards an end, I find it interesting that the 23rd Psalm links being made to lie down. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Sometimes God has to say, sit down. (laughs) He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me by quiet waters to restore. Why? To restore my soul. Sometimes it can be better, much better to immerse myself in nature than in Netflix. Proverbs 16 verse 24 says this, gracious words are like honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Let me say this, are the words in your head the ones you speak to yourself, those ones, gracious words. Do the words you speak to yours, over yourself bring sweetness to your soul? Because gracious words are like honeycomb. Watch this, bringing sweetness to the soul and health to the body. When we speak those words to our soul, We don't give in to gravity. We defy gravity. When the pressure drops, we put on our own oxygen mask first. And never forget, it is the shepherd who truly restores your soul. God bless you. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.